We're rolling. We're rolling backwards. Oh, no. No need to panic, Fraser. <laughs> we rolled back into Idaho. Follow me. Ten seconds. Let's look alive. Damn, this foil. You can do it, Fraser. Relax and focus. Three, two, one. Ah, ha, ha. Oh, we made it. If you ask me, this beats a dull party. Yeah. Family and good champagne and a blanket of stars. Here, here. Ah. You know what? I think this calls for a song. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should... <laughs> The Wrestling Life Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. This is episode 288, and this is the second part of our best of 2021, where we're going to talk about what we liked, but more importantly, what you, the listener, and the Twitter followers liked. But first, let's introduce ourselves like professionals. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. That's right, and Ethan, as always, we have so much to talk about when it comes to the best of 2021. And so many things that we can't talk about, everybody. That's right. Right here. This is still the first and still the only wrestling podcast. Sometimes it, we, I think it would be nice if there was a second, a second wrestling podcast, just so the, the weight of the world would not constantly be falling on our shoulders. We're, we're like the Avengers of, of wrestling podcasts, but much less financially successful. Yes, for uh, sure. And uh, that's that's what we are to to wrestling podcasts uh, is we're we're uh, the wildly successful Disney Corporation product. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> we have a few more categories to look at when it comes to talking about the best things of 2021. We will, of course, be reading out the results, all of the contestants that I thought of to add, and probably some glaring omissions that uh that i forgot which you you can of course always reach out to me on twitter at twl underscore podcast let me know what i missed what should have been in these polls that i forgot and uh what you think uh if if your uh your option is not represented in any of these polls or any of the polls back in part one which we uh we released last week uh definitely let us know through the magic that is social social media but uh, we will start out with our, our fifth poll. The first one of this episode we'll be talking about is the best show or pay-per-view event of 2021. Lots of options here. We have things like WrestleMania Night 1, Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, the recent, a uh, little more recent NXT War Game show, uh, AEW's Full Gear and All Out events, uh, I also have Money in the Bank, which uh, maybe isn't like an all-time great show, but I thought was worth putting in there because it was the first 
WWE arena show. I guess I guess the SmackDown before really was, but the, it was the first WWE pay-per-view arena show in 18 months. And I seem to remember enjoying that show. Uh, and then also, of course, I also threw in there a the, one of the GCW show, the Moxley versus Gage GCW event. Can I, can I just jump in here with, do you remember the greatest part of the first show back with fans at WWE when Vince McMahon came out and growled something <laughs> along the lines of, where the hell have you been? Into the microphone. And because when he speaks now, it's barely uh, audible, even if he has a microphone because of whatever is going on with his voice. Yeah. And so everyone was just very confused right away. That was definitely the best way to start the first show back. I thought you were going to talk about how they immediately put heels over in the opener. <laughs> that uh, was for- also great. <laughs> and I forgot about that. Uh, but yes, Vince, uh, always a great time when Vince McMahon growls and gargles his way back onto our television screens. But uh, yeah, speaking of these uh, best show and pay-per-views, it came down to probably not surprising considering how the rest of these polls have gone so far. Uh, came down to two AEW events, full gear, uh, from November and All Out from September. And AEW's All Out, which of course featured, uh, among other things, the maybe the greatest tag match in uh, in wrestling history and a bunch of debuts of Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson all showing up, uh, as well as Minoru Suzuki making his uh, AEW debut on that show. Unsurprisingly, All Out uh, pretty handily won the finals of, uh, of a poll here. But uh, thumbs up or thumbs down for that as the choice for best pay-per-view slash uh, show of the year. I, I have no problem with that. And as you know, I'm not the biggest fan of all elite wrestling. <laughs> what? But I, uh, that was one of the best pay-per-views I've ever, I've ever seen. So uh, no, no arguments. Yeah, I think I think it was very well paced which i don't always think their shows are oh the shows never Um, are (laughs) so uh, and i thought it was also a show that lived up to the in-ring i think a lot of times their pay-per-views you maybe have one or two great matches but the rest of the show is maybe a little bit lacking or doesn't necessarily live up to the the in modern times somewhat astronomical price of whatever it is, $49.99 for the show that you're asking people to pay five or six times a year. So the fact that you had a show that had a lot of great wrestling, a show that had all of these uh, tremendous debuts, I mean, it, it kind of got lost because of how big the the Danielson and, and Cole debuts in the main event felt. But like, you talk about just a joyous moment, man. That Ruby Soho debut is, that's that's special. I have gone back to that a few times on uh, in like YouTube highlights. It's it's pretty cool, and it was cool that the the crowd was chanting for her before she came out, and there was chanting. She mentioned in in an interview that not only were they chanting for her, but they were chanting her new name, which she hadn't officially used anywhere yet. Yeah. So um, that's that show is is pretty hard to beat. I think the debuts alone, but when you add in that, it also had a lot of great wrestling on it, and. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of the most memorable shows. Oh, yeah. And CM Punk wrestled his first match in in uh, seven years or whatever. So sure. So that's uh, that was maybe the icing on the cake for all that. So that's uh, that's that's, I think, a really solid choice for best show of 2021. Uh, Moving on to our next category, we have best match of 2021, which is a 
really, really hard category to pick for. I actually did three semifinal polls, so I have 12 options to go over here. I had uh, Koto Bushi versus Jay White from night two of Wrestle Kingdom. I had Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks from night one of WrestleMania. Had uh, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega from uh, the Full Gear show. Had uh, Walter versus Alia Dragunov from the uh, the NXT Takeover show. The last, I guess, the last NXT Takeover, right? Because they don't <laughs> call them Takeovers anymore, right? So the the final, maybe the final, like really great NXT match with Walter and Dragunov there. Elsewhere, we had uh, uh, we had Shingo Takagi versus Okada. We had Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. The uh, Becky Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair Survivor Series match. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. Uh, Omega versus Danielson in the 30-minute draw. Uh, Shigo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. Edge versus Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell, the first great match in the history of those like 18 Saudi <laughs> shows they've done. Yes. They finally had a memorable great match on one of them. And, uh, and then, of course, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in the Steel Cage at All Out. Uh, all of those were sort of willed down to the, the final three being uh, Danielson versus Eddie Kingston, which I was shocked to see. Uh, maybe it had weaker competition in its semifinal. It was great. Like, I really enjoyed it. But I, 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 would, I don't think it was the best match Eddie Kingston had much uh, this year, much less the best match that, uh, that Brian Danielson had. But uh, other uh, elsewhere in the polls, we had uh, joining that in the finals, we had Walter versus Dragunov and Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, which uh, I, I will go ahead and just get out in front of this and say, I think this is the right call. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks uh, won the, the match of the year from our listener slash uh, Twitter followers here. I think that would probably be my pick also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember watching it and thinking, oh, this, this is easily the best match I've seen all year. And Walter and Dragunov was great. Um, as far as historical importance and a match that probably meant more to me, uh, Sasha and Bianca headlining a WrestleMania is, sure. pre- is pretty up there. And those two absolutely delivering, having all the pressure... <laughs> Mm-hmm. in the world being women headlining wrestlemania being the first black women ever headlining wrestlemania mm-hmm. and to go out there uh one veteran worker one extremely talented but in a sense unproven younger worker in there and they killed it that was fantastic Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to you mentioned the Becky and Charlotte match I would like to nominate that for the most awkward match I've ever watched in my entire life <laughs> um, Becky this is a kids show could you put some <laughs> pants on please you're a mother for God's sake I don't well whatever but that was the most awkward hat where she decided to wrestle a match with her entire butt hanging out could you please put some trousers on that's all I was asking but yeah. but seriously, I have no problem with that uh, Young Bucks match being match of the year. It was really great. Yeah, I will just say, I think that that Bianca Sasha match was laid out so well because there were theoretically two baby faces going in and just 
the way it was worked, it was it was not really a lot of heelish stuff, but it was just like Sasha kept grabbing Bianca's ponytail throughout the match because Bianca has the spot where she whips the the other person with her the plastic tip at the end of her ponytail or whatever. And you could argue that if this is a babyface match and then someone uses what is basically a weapon, that that could have made Bianca come off heelish. So the way they worked around that was Sasha kept trying to, was like tying the ponytail around the ring post and grabbing it and pulling her off the top rope by it. So that when uh, Bianca finally does use the hair whip, it's, it's very righteous. It's a very righteous hair whip that she yes. hits Sasha with. And it's like the loudest one you've ever heard too. Yes. And, and then they go to the finish and not even Michael Cole screwing up the call of that main event <laughs> could, uh, could ruin that match. I mean, you wish it could have been a full arena, um, but that wasn't really an option at the time with even, even in Florida uh, with uh, with that was a, uh, you know, the vaccine was not quite as readily available at that point. So they had to shoot. They had to shoot twenty thousand people there, though. I think they announced twenty five, but there was a, mm-hmm. it was a shoot sellout. They had twenty thousand people there. Yeah, and it like and that is a special moment for all the reasons you mentioned too. You know, not not just being women, being the first two African American women to be be in that spot and to work a I think a match that works on a lot of levels. You can enjoy it just for the big moves and the kickouts and all the exciting drama. But if you go back and look at the, like the minutia of that match, I actually ended up watching that match twice within like a day of, of of each other because I had only caught the main event live and then went back and watched the rest of the show the next day and and just decided I would watch the main event a second time. And uh, there's very few matches, especially in like pandemic era wrestling that I can that I can say that I will willingly go back and watch a second time or a third time maybe in the future. But I think I think Bianca and Sasha's on that list. So, yeah, definitely, definitely think they deserve a nod there. Um, really, really hard to argue with the, the Bucks and the Lucha Bros, as we we've already talked about a little bit, but it's one of the best tag matches of all time. It was the, also the culmination of like them stick sticking by a stipulation and like if we're going to be the company where stipulations matter, the young bucks win all of their matches by run-ins, and so we locked them in a cage with two heroes, and so they lose because it's a fair fight now, and the heroes won, right? And in, in spectacular fashion with thumbtacks and and blood and and dives off the cage and all that stuff. It was a great match, great action, but I also appreciate the, the psychology and the, uh, and the, uh, the sticking or uh, honoring a stipulation that hasn't been honored in like 30 years, <laughs> probably longer yeah. in, in pro wrestling, the cage match, keeping people from interfering. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate it on, on that level too. I think there's uh yeah, there's probably other matches, the Britt Baker Thunder Rose match, I don't know that that's like a great chess wrestling match the way that something like Omega or, uh, and uh, and Danielson was. Or... I'm sorry, did you say chess wrestling? I said chess, like a like a great psychological warfare match, but it uh, was but it was a a spectacle. I would never say anything like that because I respect these women too much. Um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, I think that's a that's a great spectacle, and it was a match where you don't see. Women go through go in thumbtacks and and you know double double blade jobs in a in a lot of women matches in a lot of women's matches at least not in the U.S. and uh, so like it's memorable for that reason and so it probably deserves a nod as well. But yeah, I think I think 
Bucks and Lucha Bros, really hard to argue with. I liked the Walter match. I liked probably a bunch of Brian Danielson's television matches that he's had this year. Again, I would not put the Eddie Kingston match at the top of that list, but um, uh, other people really seem to enjoy that match, obviously, and it made it into the finals somehow. So uh, yeah, I, I think there's probably a better Brian Danielson match to talk about, but if we're talking best of the best, I think Bucks versus Lucha Bros is a very good choice. And that will move us on to uh, sort of the final poll category here. We had, uh, again, a lot of options for this. We had, uh, this is sort of just the best moment or moments in some cases. Uh, but we have uh, things like uh, my personal favorite moment, uh, as we already discussed, I think a little bit at the end of last uh, last episode, uh, Karrion Cross being pinned in his Raw debut. <laughs> it's maybe my favorite moment. It's just... You know how there's so few moments of like just general consensus in the world, but especially on social media anymore. Yes. Like, and that moment there was such like euphoria <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> when Jeff Hardy pinned Karrion Cross in two minutes while Karrion Cross was the NXT champion. I think it more so even than maybe the 108 wrestlers that got released this year, it was like the real signaling of the Nick Khan era taking hold and that Hunter's power was gone in, uh, in WWE. So I just want to give a special shout out to that time that NXT champion, uh, carrying cross made a bunch of mean faces and then lost in two minutes and was like, girl, there's more where that came from afterwards. That was, that was truly wonderful. And <laughs> really, you know, not since maybe Ted Cruz liked a porn tweet on nine 11, has there been just such a genuine moment of, uh, of just happiness on Twitter that I have seen, uh, like when when Karrion Cross lost his debut in two minutes. So, just a, just a beautiful moment there. But uh, elsewhere in that, we had, of course, as we've already talked about, the AEW All Out debuts. Uh, I kind of lumped them all together because I didn't want them all taking up separate spots. But I also have Hangman winning the title from Kenny Omega. I have uh, uh, the, I guess this was technically off air, so maybe that's why I didn't get a ton of votes, but I thought it was pretty great. The Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly farewell in NXT just a few weeks ago, I thought was really nice and not not a way that WWE typically has gone about people that are choosing to leave recently. Um, they handled it on TV the way they usually handle it, which is where they had the young heel that no one's going to remember in six months come out and <laughs> destroy Gargano. Fair, fair enough. But they did, uh, they did give him a, a pretty great send off, and there's a lot of footage of this uh, that you can find uh, from the the performance center of of him sitting in the ring, bawling like a baby, while uh, you know his wife and uh, Shawn Michaels and Ciampa and O'Reilly is out there, and I think a couple of the other uh, NXT wrestlers. His his one buddy that you know Lonnie Donegan, the commentator, they're like both Browns fans. The guy who's gonna marry Mackenzie Mitchell, yes. Yes, good for, good for Lonnie. But uh, yeah, he like they're all out there, all all Johnny's like closest people in that company, with the exception of Hunter, who uh, you know, may he rest in peace. Yes. And uh it's not there, but everybody else is there for Johnny on his last night in NXT. And even though it's not it's not a takeover arena of twenty thousand people. It's not the highest of highs. It's still, it still did feel like the end of an era, and I think that's a great moment for him. Yeah, 
you know, the week after that, they had the heel, whoever it was, Grayson Waller, I think it's the guy's name. Mm-hmm. One of those weird WWE name generator names. <laughs> the guy who attacked Greg out of the league before it comes out and cuts a promo on uh, Lonnie Donegan, the announcer. And he goes like, Johnny Gargano is supposed to be your best friend. And I attacked him right in front of you. And you did nothing like a little bitch. <laughs> and Vic Joseph just solemnly nods. Yes. Yes, that's correct. I am a little bitch. <laughs> and Wade Barrett didn't stick up for his broadcast. The former bare knuckle champion, <laughs> Wade Barrett, didn't stick up for his broadcast partner. He did not. He also agreed that <laughs> Lonnie, Lonnie Donegan is, in fact, a little bitch. That's right. Kinda, water, bitch. It's just kind of, kind of, the guy's like six foot eight. He's a <laughs> giant man. Like, I think he's taller than Barrett, who's tall for a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, elsewhere in, the, in the, uh, the semifinals, we had John Cena's big return at that Money in the Bank show. Uh, we had three first-time IWGP champs in a, in a year. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that's uh, not all of those were crowned for good reasons with injuries and, and, uh, and pandemics uh, causing the, uh, the championship ch- to change hands a few times here, but uh, but we did we did get some new blood into that uh, new Japan new Japan main event scene that we've all been asking for. By uh, but of course, as as always happens when we wish on those monkeys' paws, uh, it was uh, it was at uh, at a great cost. But uh, and then what I thought was the clear winner for this, uh, at least in the semifinals, uh, which is just live audiences coming back. And and then when I was setting up the finals, I thought. Oh, there's two other really big things that I forgot to put in that poll. So it was actually a four person or a four uh, option final for this poll. Uh, so we have the live crowds coming back. We have the AEW all out debuts, which one uh, two other things happened this year that I thought were worth mentioning. Well, one is Katsuyori Shibata and uh, returning and having a grappling match with Zack Sabre Jr. And then later in the year announcing that he would in fact be returning in 2022 to have a wrestling match uh, at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, pretty big deal, especially considering how he last left uh, professional wrestling with a ter- horrible injury. And I think when he announces he's coming back and the, uh, the crowd starts clapping because of course the, the Japanese fans uh, they're, they're asked not to make noise because that could technically trend, uh, transmit the, uh, the uh, COVID quicker if you're making, if you're speaking a lot, if you're, you know, more particles are, are potentially being spread into the air. So instead they clap, they did a Shibata clap instead of, of chanting his name and he wept and it was very nice. And uh, I thought that was great, but uh, perhaps probably the most obvious one that should have been in the first poll but i forgot and uh, i did add it in here for the final poll here uh cm punk returning to professional wrestling won the poll for best moment of 2021 with uh, quite a bit of the vote over those other three uh yeah i think that's a pretty easy thumbs up yeah i think that's that's the thing that people waited seven years for it and they got it and it was promised but not promised in this weird unspoken gentleman's agreement and (laughs) they delivered on their promise and he came back and he at least initially appeared to be um emotionally invested in wrestling again um Mm -hmm. and um you know had a desire to do it 
And I think that's what people people have been waiting a long time for that. And they want him to be like some kind of um I don't know, messiah or something when really he's just like one of the coolest wrestlers ever. And um but regardless, people have waited uh, a long time for that, and they got it this year. I would add Becky Lynch coming back at SummerSlam was great. Obviously, not the same oh. kind of it, not the same kind of impact because she was just only gone for uh, what uh, a year and three months, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen months is a lot different than seven and a half years. <laughs> uh huh. And but uh, and then they turned her heel. Uh, apparently at her at her request. Although there's some, I'm not sure if it was at her request or not. She said publicly that it was not at her request. Mm-hmm. Although pe- I've had people say to me that well she's just working when she says that. To which I would say, to what benefit is there to say publicly? <laughs> I didn't want to be a heel. They made me be a heel. Why would you say that if it was? not true like it doesn't strike me as someone who works the public a lot anyway but um yeah but i got not gonna argue with the winner there i would also argue that uh charlotte and charlotte and becky uh shooting on each other in the (laughs) ring during uh, a live on fox is one of those great things that just doesn't really happen anymore um unfortunately we didn't get to see the best the backstage argument maybe we will someday but so uh, yeah anyways lots of stuff going on but uh yeah cm punk returning to wrestling with a promo where he said he's back and he's got so he's back for himself he's back for the people too uh he's got he's got a a locker room full of young talent to work with and some old scores to settle too that like was one of the great i watched that segment twice like (laughs) Mm-hmm. maybe three times the, the night that it happened it felt like a very big deal and now four months later he's a guy on the show which is always going to happen uh, but definitely at the time uh, huge and definitely probably the thing people remember the most from this year yeah I think I think everything about that promo the the long the long entrance um they just they 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 go so long on the entrance that they have to take a commercial before you can actually start talking. Um, but it was great. It was the crowd diving, the fans weeping uh, as he as he made his return. And again, it's not like this guy was completely removed from public life. He obviously had a laughably bad UFC career. He had a you know he was doing commentary for MMA. He was doing like indie like crappy horror movies and stuff writing comic books like like it's not like he was he was gone he was doing public appearances but it still felt like cm punk the character had been gone for so long and when he walked out on that stage with cults of originality played it was like hey there's that guy there's that guy i know that guy yeah and and it was a good i think that first promo is a great mix of Yes, it's celebratory. He's talking about how proud he is to, to be back, but he also like chose to sort of address that like he understood if there were people that were really like saddened and disappointed in him for walking out seven years ago. And like I don't think he had to address that, 
but he chose to sort of make a point of reaching out to certain maybe jaded uh, professional wrestling fans or WWE fans who went and say that I understand if, if you can try to understand why I had to go. Right. Um, I think that's great. And then, and as you said, the way he took all of that goodwill and then he went to work of like selling wrestling matches, right. <laughs> like of what is a promo <laughs> we're promoting a wrestling match that you are supposed to make me want to see. And he does that by said, by pointing out to all the young, all the, the older guys in the back that he has scores to settle with. And then, you know, calling out Darby out saying that, you know, you live for danger and there's nothing more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. Right. Like that's, right. that's a great promo. And he plugs, plugs the pay-per-view gets the date. I'll see you. I'll see sting there. Right. And every, and then, and then the, the cherry on top being the, the ice cream bars. So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah that's, that is an all time great professional wrestling segment and, and made even better by it could have just been a great celebratory one-off vacuum thing where he just says, Hey, I'm happy to be back. Let's get, let's get started next week or whatever. But he chose to, in that first promo, put over some of, of the existing talent in AEW and, and plug that match with Darby and really let people know that this is, this isn't just a, a nostalgia tour. Like he wants to, you know, make new, good memories for people and that's what that's what you want right like you want to be you want to it made it made me want to like buy a ticket and go to chicago for (laughs) for that match i didn't do that because you know the real life gets in the way of things like that but when i was done i was like i did for like like 30 minutes i was like i wonder how much it would be to like get a ticket and like a plane and then like I'll just like sleep at the airport and fly out like the next morning or something. I was, like, I was like, would that be possible? Is that a realistic thing? Is that a smart thing to do? Like it made me think about it for a couple of minutes. Cause it just that, and that's the type of thing I think you want from wrestling. You think about that for years with guys like Dwayne, Dwayne or, or somebody who had all these catchphrases. And I think it's Jericho on the rocks DVD is like, yeah. And then you saw him do the, finally the rock has come back and you're like, gee, I can't wait till rock comes to Sheboygan so that I can hear <laughs> So I can sing along with him. Yes. It's like, yeah. It's like when punk finished that promo, I was like, gosh, I hope, I hope they come to Baltimore sooner or somewhere, somewhere Maryland soon so that I can, I can experience this, what it feels like when that cult's personality hits and he walks out again. And yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's about, ex- it's about the experience at the end of it. It's about putting smiles on faces, pal. That's right. By growling at them <laughs> and then and then putting putting Roman Reigns over in the opener. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> God, what a fascinating man. Ah, uh, could do another really is. Like 12 hours on just just Vince McMahon like 2018 to now. He's <laughs> a seen, fascinating man. <laughs> I want to do an hour on his eyebrows. <laughs> you just talk about his eyebrows. They're different color than the rest of his hair. <laughs> They're uh, jet black. They're pencil thin. And I think they may be painted on. Oh, man. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's next year's Thanksgiving. Spectacular, sort of. We're just oh, going to do an hour, hour on Vince's eyebrows. Oh, does anybody, does anyone else do what I do? And that's pick up their phone about four o'clock in the morning once a month and expect to see the Vince McMahon has passed away notification. Wow. I, I legitimately expect it 
want some like oh i haven't looked at my phone in a couple hours i better pick it up and see what's going on and i'm afraid i'm going to pick it up and see the 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 vince mcmahon notification see i think vince is going to live forever (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna live to 112 yes just despite his mother is like 100 years old yeah and still alive and i think he's going to live now he does have a lot of years of carrying extra muscle mass around that was perhaps a little bit chemically enhanced yes so he has the and you know lived a a somewhat hard and hard and fast lifestyle in the yes (laughs) in the 80s and 90s that i'm guessing his mother did not yes so i'm not saying he lives to be 99 but i feel like we got another decade left (laughs) well he could also he also can afford the best medical care in the world that's true. That's true. There's got all those secret rich, like billionaire vitamins that you get to take that are just, yeah, sure. just puppet your corpse for an extra <laughs> you minimal brain function for an extra <laughs> oy, oy, oy. eight years after the rest of us would be dead. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> anyway, that's a fun <laughs> note to go out on. <laughs> Happy New Year! Tweet us at TWL underscore podcast. Let us know when you think Vince McMahon will die. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, definitely. But on a, on a more serious note, uh, yeah, definitely let us know what you think of all of the winners and I guess losers of these various categories. Do you agree with me that Karrion Cross losing in two minutes on Raw was like the best thing to happen in wrestling, at least from a wrestling Twitter perspective this year? Uh, let me know at GWL underscore podcast and let us know your picks for your favorite moments and matches and wrestlers and shows and all that. And uh, yeah, as we look forward into 2022, uh, well, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on yes. uh, this, this, this week as, uh, as this episode is released, you've got, we've got multiple Tokyo Dome shows going on. We've got WWE's day one show, and then we're going to start and then we got to get off to the races for the rumble and we got AEW doing stuff and who knows what else gcw has a show at hammerstein ballroom this month so much stuff happening in january it's going to be just just wild and uh and uh and hey i bet court bowers mlw will also run a show this month but nobody will know no one knows what station that shows on uh can, can i tell you too it doesn't matter what station they're on because they premiere their weekly television show on YouTube. Yeah. Um, also, it had been premiering at like 8 p.m. on Wednesdays on YouTube. Mm. And then they like inexplicably one week they tweeted um, uh, due to circumstances beyond our control. There's been a delay. The show will premiere Thursday at 8 p.m. this week. And then the following week, <laughs> it just moved to Thursday at 8 p.m. without an <laughs> announcement. They just moved their show without announcing so court was like too proud to say we're moving it off this night because AEW's on this night and we can't compete with that right we'd rather go head to head with impact right <laughs> Who like shows their show on twitch and a and a cable channel that uh only 20 percent of the country gets or whatever yeah yeah they, it's that cable channel where sammy hagar is doing like a guy fieri show or something i don't know what's going on on there they have a lot of music documentaries but none that you want to watch yeah that kind of thing 
<laughs> anyway, uh, that's uh, that's your uh, semi semi regular feature on uh, on Court Bauer <laughs> and and why the M- MLW is a uh, is a failure. But uh, yes, there there was a lot of great stuff in professional wrestling and a lot of stuff that wasn't so great. But we'd like to focus on the positives at least on this year and year in review show. So uh, I uh, I had a lot of fun looking over this over the last couple of weeks with you and with you the listener. So I hope you all did too. And as uh, as Ethan said, this is a this is a new year. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy Happy Do Year. Yes. Uh, as yes. we uh, as we move into 2022, lots going on. Maybe this year will be better than the last, but until <laughs> but we won't find out until we get through it. Awful. So, uh, <laughs> so until then, I'm Liam. I'm Mr. Brightside, <laughs> and we'll be back soon with more Brightside stories from the rest of the life. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Try to keep on keeping on.